0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers and I am joined right now by Megan Francis. Hey Megan. Hello. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. It's March 1st. So rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. (laughs) Do you say that on the first of a new month?
1: No, I I did when I was a kid for like a month. Then I forgot to ever do it again. Yeah,
0: my husband grew up doing it and so my kids do it. So I didn't grow up doing that and then I didn't find out. So rabbit, rabbit to those who rabbit and rabbit. Um, Happy March. We have a great interview today. So um, Megan, I've brought you here to chit chat a little bit, but then we're going to um, play my conversation with Karen Walrand here in just a bit. And Karen was such a fun guest. You actually have known Karen longer than I have. I wanna so say.
1: I w- I read Karen's blog before she adopted Alex, like going wow. way, way, way back. To, okay. like She was like OG blogger, but she was so OG that It was before blogging was even really like a thing yet. It was like, I want to say I read her in 2003 or four. Yeah. It's been a long time.
0: And I'm sure I discovered her circa 2010 because that's kind of when my blog reading like really took off. 2009, yeah. 2010. Um, and so if you guys are not familiar with Karen Walrand, I'll just give you the the official bio. She's a photographer, an author, a speaker, a podcaster. She's an adoptive mom of one daughter, Alex. You mentioned Megan, who's now in high school. Um, and actually that's one of the things we talk about is raising a teenager and also raising an only child because Megan, we get that request we, sometimes. And, we're and like- we have
1: nothing. <laughs> I'm like, I remember when I had an only child for those 20 months?
0: Yeah. I mean, 21
1: years ago. You by
0: definition. (laughs) Well, what's interesting is you have talked about getting the looks and the questions and the stigmas around having a large family, starting kids, having, you know, having kids as a young mom. Um, Karen comes from the other side, which is starting a family on the later side of things and Mm -hmm. choosing to have one. And we get into that, but, Um, We've had listeners also come to that, come to us with that kind of pointing that out, that there's, um, you know, some pressure or some expectations around having an only um, that we can't speak to personally. It turns
1: out no matter what you do, people have opinions. (laughs) They will. So you cannot escape it. You can't.
0: That's such a good point. Um, We also have some really interesting conversations about family culture, which is something you and I kind of talk about, but Karen's perspective is so interesting because literally they're a family of three and all three are from different countries of origin yeah. um, background. Um, and, and she's so intentional about the way they have created family culture in their home and in their lives, drawing from these different backgrounds. Um, Her mm-hmm. husband's British and, yeah. So that was really interesting. And then um, not to give too much away, but they lost their home in Hurricane Harvey. That is a, a spoiler. Um, but we talk about redecorating a home from scratch, which I think is so fascinating, you know, after the, the trauma, of course, of Harvey, but then kind of the opportunity of, yeah, like, can you imagine if you just, everything a blank was, slate. yes, a yeah. blank slate and everything was an intentional choice.
1: If you had a blank slate, but you weren't 22 again.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah yeah and Karen is in her way very intentional about that too I mean that she's just that's something she's great at is yeah. just making really intentionally crafting and curating the world around her so yes yes she's awesome
0: so yeah that's kind of a, an overview of the topics and they're they're varied and they're all fascinating so stick around for my conversation with Karen Walrand.
1: Go to FromOurPlace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's FromOurPlace.com, code MOMHOUR.
0: Hey, Karen. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Well, what's up? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. This is so fun to talk to a fellow podcaster and someone I've gotten to know but less around the mom stuff. So I'm really excited for our conversation.
2: I know. It's so funny. You know, when your kid gets older, you talk less and less in public about, about parenting. So this is actually going to be really fun for me. I haven't done this for a while.
0: Oh, good. I'm, I'm really excited. So we have lots of... Lots of different topics to get to today, but I want to start with one that um, we actually get quite a few listener questions about, and that is raising an only child. So you Mm. and your husband have an only child. Why don't, real briefly, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your family who lives in your house, and then we'll go from there.
2: Sure. So um, uh, we are kind of an unusual family in that all three of us are from different countries. So um, I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. Um, And I was working in the UK when I met my husband, Marcus, who is from Cornwall, England. Um, And then we moved to America after we got married and we adopted our daughter here in the United States, Alexis or Alex. I call her Alex, but she goes by Alexis at school. um, Yeah. So um, so we're sort of a multiracial, multinational family, the three of us.
0: A little a a threesome. And how old is Alex now? Alex
2: next weekend from the weekend after we record this will be 15.
0: Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So so let's start with, oh, we have, I mean, there's so many things about your family I love and we're going to dig into, but let's start with the only child thing. And it's, it's hard not to sound kind of like I'm putting you in this box of you have an only child, but we do get <laughs> listeners coming to us saying, you know, you and Megan have all these kids and we've talked a little bit on our show. Megan's talked about kind of the comments and the looks and the pressures mm. and the expectations around having a large family. Um, and I know from hearing from listeners that that the the same exists on the other side of the coin, which is people maybe making comments when you're going to have another one or, or just (laughs) passing judgment of any kind on the size of your family. Is that something that you guys went through or have gone through over the years? You know, being an only child family?
2: Yeah, we don't get that so much anymore. I mean, now that she's 15, they right. kind of oh, go, <laughs> hmm, I guess you're done. Right? Yes.
0: <laughs> um,
2: but um, yeah, you know, it, it's so funny. We, when Marcus and I got married, we had intended not to have children at all. Okay. Um, not for any other reason than just, you know, I mean, we loved kids, but it wasn't really going to be a priority of ours. And uh, I remember I, we had gone back to the UK um, and were after we, had, we had both got married and we transferred to the US. And gone back to the UK and I watched him with his nieces. And I remember saying, oh my gosh, you, you should be a dad. Like (laughs) you, and literally, and it wasn't even for me. It was like, oh no, you should be a dad. You're really good at this. You should be a dad. Um, and we chose adoption as our first choice to grow our family. It had been something we'd actually even talked about before we got married that, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not going to have kids, but if we do have kids, um, adoption would be something that we'd be really interested in. So, we came back from that i think that vacation was on in august and in september we were at the adoption agency and the following september the adoption was final like everything was done so it was pretty quick um but uh you know yeah of course at the very beginning we get oh you're gonna give her a little brother you going to give her a sister kind of thing um we got that a lot uh and basically the way we would respond is um no <laughs> like- yeah this is us yeah <laughs> exactly like not even explain it like no nope, no she's not going to have a brother or sister we're good um but uh and yeah occasionally sometimes people would do that but also i will say uh we you know both marcus and i were in our mid 30s when we got married mm-hmm. um by the time alex came around you know i was 36 37 mm-hmm. um so you know it wasn't I don't know that we would we got it as much as say a family that maybe, you know, beaky start you know, started growing their family right. in their twenties kind right. of thing, right? Like right. I think people were like you know oh you know maybe she's trying and can't (laughs) they had all kinds of assumptions of other assumptions exactly so we didn't get it too much
0: do you feel like as alex got older you kind of noticed maybe some some of the benefits or some of the i don't know benefits is the wrong word we're not trying to we're not trying to say who wins like the mom with five kids or the mom with one but are there some some Ways that you have really embraced and loved being a tribe of three. Um, I'm thinking, especially, you know, to encourage those out there who do feel like they're maybe not represented as having chosen just to have one child.
2: Yeah. So uh, the, I can't imagine being a mom of more than one kid, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I always tell friends of mine who have more than one kid, I'm like, you're a superhero (laughs) (laughs) because uh, obviously we don't deal with like the fights or the, you know, kind of thing that, that people, the sibling rivalries and and that kind of thing that other families with more children would have. Um, You know, on one hand, I, I feel like Alex has always been a little, sort of an adult in Mm -hmm. our family, right? Like, because all she's ever been, all she's ever hung out with is our adults. And, um, you know, until she went to school. So I feel like there's a, there's something there that may not be there for people Mm -hmm. who have more than one kid. Um, but then I also hear friends who have lots of kids who say, oh no, it gets, it's easier when you have more because they entertain themselves and you don't have to entertain. Uh, yeah, I think that that might be, that might be true. Yeah. Um, the other thing that, and I don't know if this is an only kid thing or not, but the whole separation anxiety around, you know, like when you take your kids to to preschool for the first time and, um, I don't remember ever having that with Alex. As a matter of fact, I remember when she was like two, I, at two and a half, I think I took her to preschool and, you know, I talked to the preschool teachers and kind of said, okay, well, should I stay for the first, you know, few hours and, you know, what should I do? And they said, well, you know, let's play it by ear. And mm-hmm. I dropped her off and literally she walked in, she looked around and she said, bye mom. And Oh ran, my gosh. Right. And the teacher looked at me, we both laughed and I was like, all right, I guess I'll see you in a couple hours. Right. And just left. So, and i don't know if it's because it was such a novelty to have so many uh-huh. other kids around mm-hmm. and i think alex even though she's a, a quieter kid she's an extrovert like mm-hmm. she really loves being around people so um i don't know if it was just sort of the novelty of like oh my gosh there's toys and kids and you know this is cool and i right. don't have that at home right? right um so i don't know if that's an only kid or or just an alex kid thing but um but yeah, I, I, you know, it was funny I, at one point, I, you know, I mentioned Alex was adopted and, uh, we had an open adoption. Mm-hmm. So, which means okay. that, um, that we knew her birth mother, my husband and I were actually there for her birth. Okay. My, my husband cut the cord. Right. Wow. So, um, so we were involved. And when Alexis was a year old, we moved to the Caribbean. We moved back to, we moved to Trinidad. Okay. Um, and right at the same time, Alex's birth mother, um, was pregnant. and contacted us to see if we would be interested in adopting um alex's birth brother it Mm -hmm. ended up being and um and i remember marcus and i really kind of struggled with it like we were like you know do we owe it to alex to do this like do we have to do this um and a friend of mine who was an only child but who had a huge family she had like five or six kids um, I remember going to her and going, what do you think? Cause mm-hmm. you kind of have a perspective of right. both. Um, and you know, overall she basically said, she goes, you know what? You need to make the decision, not for Alex, but for you, mm-hmm. um, Alex is going to be fine no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what do you guys want to do? And it yeah. was really sort of like, she gave us permission to go, oh, well, no, we just really want one, yeah. like, it, you know? And, yeah. um, and it worked out, it worked out beautifully. It worked out fine. And- I,
0: I love that advice so much. We, we also get a lot of people coming to Megan and me with wanting to know if they should have one more. It's not usually the onlys, but it's usually (laughs) people going from two to three or three to four and they'll list the pros and cons, you know, on the one hand, you've got, you know, this robust big family to all be together in the future. On the other hand, you're stretched thin right now with a bunch of little kids. And, um, we just always say like all of those things are reasons. They're not necessarily a reason like they're not necessarily your reason. Like, yes, you might need a bigger car, that may be true, or you might go on fewer vacations. But those are, those are, they're elements of the, they're pieces of the puzzle. They're, none of them are like the thing that tips the scale, I think, for most right, people. Right. For most people, it is, are we, like you said, are we, I think we're a one kid family. I think we're, yeah. I think we're here. We're all here. That's what we kind of, said yeah. when when we felt like we were all here so
2: yeah although you just you just brought something up like what about you know <laughs> maybe you couldn't travel as much that is one thing because travel is huge yeah I would love family. for you to
0: talk about that I mean I know just from observing you on social media that that is big for you and it is easier just with three people it's
2: it, well it's cheaper right? yeah. like, you know like like because you know they, they as soon as the kid is what like two years old you're pretty much paying for another seat on the plane right, right? like there's right. no such thing as like a, a kid's pass a lap,
0: yeah. right on on a flight <laughs> an eight-year-old lap child yeah exactly
2: <laughs> exactly and it's because travel is just such a big deal for us um every time i buy tickets i'm like you know thank god we just have one because yeah. you know if we had you know three or four i'd be like well we're, we're grounded we can't yeah we can't travel this much we just wouldn't have had the, the cash but well, um, but that we didn't think about that at the time. It, it turned out that way, but we didn't think about it in, when we were making the yeah, decision.
0: And I think it all kind of, it all evens out in the end. Like we have, my kids are friends with some kids who are only kids and they're from my kids perspective. It looks amazing. Like they get the whole house to themselves. They right. sit wherever they, <laughs> they want in the car. And then from the other, from the only kids perspective, they love coming over to our house. Cause there's a, there's just a lot going on. There's somebody right. to play with at every turn. So in you know, in the end, it, it there's it maybe pros and cons, or there's just different, there's, yes, it, it balances. Sure. Um, so sure. you mentioned travel, and that is something that I have just observed being kind of a, a core value of your family mm-hmm. and just observing. So I want to talk about this idea of Family culture and and kind of um, developing your immediate family's family culture. Mm. I think all of our listeners out there are doing that with their families, whether they whether they know it or not. Your yeah. story is is kind of um, maybe on the surface more. Um, there's more to talk about because, like you said, you're three different countries. You're multi national multiracial mm-hmm. you've got this amazing family, and then it still is it's the three of you, and you're bringing all of these various backgrounds. so has that been something that you've been kind of intentional about over the years like what is what is our family culture, the three of us um and maybe just talk about how that's evolved over time
2: yeah, so um we've that's such a great question because we haven't you know a lot of it is sort of natural, like you know yeah. the fact is that well, my parents live close by, and and so they nec- my daughter necessarily grows up with a very pretty Trinidadian culture, mm-hmm. right? Um, not just because of me, but because you know her grandparents come by. Mm-hmm. As soon as I, her grandparents are over, I speak in a Trinidadian accent. She learns you know yeah. phrases that are Trinidadian. and um, and so there's and then of course a lot of times like our if we go on a big trip, it it usually involves going back to England because mm-hmm. we have to visit. Um, My husband's family so so some of that is just sort of just the nature of the beast right the nature of us um being here but another thing that we think that i think about a lot and i've actually been thinking about it more and more and i think we're going to talk about it a little bit um with what happened with us with the storm but um but a lot of it is also you know i've lived in america now for gosh 30 something years maybe more at this point right off and Mm -hmm. on for 30 something years And so there's a lot of me that thinks, okay, well, what is it about being a Trinidadian that I love? And Mm -hmm. what are sort of the values, the cultural values of being a Trinidadian? And how do I bring that in? And how do I make them, them, uh, you know, alive for Mm -hmm. Alex? Mm -hmm. But then also acknowledging that, you know, she's an American kid. And like, how... Do we bring in American traditions mm-hmm. to our home that my husband and I didn't grow up with? Right. Um, and how do we do that to make them sort of alive for her and make them so that that she can she has that sort of cultural basis to yeah. speak to with to her friends? So one of the big things that, um, that and uh, to this day we Mar- Marcus and I still struggle with it is Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. right? Because we're like, okay, so what's Thanksgiving now? <laughs> like, okay, there's a turkey and. And football, like yeah. that's usually that's what people say. It's like, yeah. okay, well, there's football. And I'm like, well, neither of us are big football fans. Right. So right. how do we do that? And they're I'm like, so what about the thankful part? And they're like, Oh, yeah, some people say what they're thankful for, but it doesn't sound like there's like a you know, like there's with Christmas, for example, like you know, you yes. wake up, you open the presents, yeah. right? Like there's yeah. sort of a thing. And so we're sort of making it up as we go along, right? Like all right, well, I guess we're doing turkey and I guess we're doing stuffing and okay, we're in the South. So I guess that means cornbread dressing instead of, you know, and so we're sort of learning it as well. So there's, there's certain things that are, uh, that, um, that we are, you know, we have to kind of think about, but mostly our, our family values, um, when it comes to culture is Mm -hmm. that we not we're not just that we are welcoming of other cultures but we're curious of other cultures yeah. like this is this is something that we go out of our way to learn about and so um and that it like you know again with the travel like it's yeah. a, it's a core value of our family mm-hmm. and um marcus and i had said we want by the time she leaves home at 18 that she has 18 stamps in her passport like oh, that's, that's sort awesome. of been our our goal and we've you know we've made it now i, I will admit that part of it's cheating because we lived in the Caribbean for a while and it's pretty easy to hop over to an Island right. and get another, right. and get another passport. It's a right? quick like, yeah, exactly. So it's sort of easy to do that, but, um but you know, we've done it and we, we continue to like, Oh, this is, this is something that we really want to do because we, we don't want to raise a kid who when faced with somebody from another culture yeah um, does, has any reaction to it other than interested curiosity right and interested and and, and interested and, and and welcoming curiosity and that's a, that's huge for us for I sure.
0: love I love that um I'm curious what it was like for Alex when she was a little kid and kind of piecing together that like oh maybe my family it like did come together a little bit differently than most of my school friends' families. Did, do you remember what that was like, like either the conversations or maybe funny, cute things that she, as she started to kind of understand the, her family origins, anything that comes to mind?
2: Yeah, well, there's uh, there's kind of two things, two stories that actually immediately come to mind. The first one was, I remember when she was little, little, like she just turned three and we were talking about um, countries. And I remember I was saying, I said, so um, you were born in America, so you're American. Daddy was born in England, so he's English. And I was born in Trinidad, so I'm Trinidadian. And I remember her looking at me and she goes, You're not Trinidadian. And I was like, (laughs) I'm not. She goes, You're Trinamamian. And she just laughed and laughed and laughed. (laughs) It was so cute. (laughs) It was really funny. And she knew what she was saying. She she got it. She got got it. it. Which which was really funny. So that was one thing that uh, I'll never forget that. And then the other one that was really interesting was um when she was in kindergarten so she was a little older about five and um and I remember her coming home and she said mom I feel so sorry for Isabel her best friend at the time okay. and I was like what's wrong with Isabel and she goes Isabel just has one mom and oh. I said well don't you have one mom <laughs> she's like no you know how like I have you and I have a birth mom she just has one and I was like well babe sometimes that's how it (laughs) works right like sometimes the birth mom is the mom right like that's what happens sometimes and she's like but that's so sad (laughs) right like I heard (laughs) just being like just felt so sorry for poor Isabel for just having one mom so
0: (laughs) I love that so
2: much yeah so I love that I love that for her like well sure that's how it works right you have a birth mom and the birth mom chooses the parents and Right, um, you know, because we obviously have talked to her about it forever. Right? right, that's how it happened, and but she just couldn't. She was like, "Oh God, those poor people." was just one.
0: Well, I <laughs> I do think I mean it, it. It's so cool that she will leave home with um, not just kind of a curiosity and appreciation for you know people of different cultures, but her own culture being so rich and interesting um I meant to ask earlier but can you remind everybody where Trinidad is just in case our listeners like aren't picturing their global geography
2: you know no problem at all actually I find that people sort of know Trinidad a little bit more now than they did like when I first got here Mm -hmm. so because of people like like Cardi B's mother Mm -hmm. I think was Trinidadian and Nicki Minaj is a Trini so there's more people that know but um so if you think of the you know the archipelago of Caribbean islands, right? So you mm-hmm. think of Cuba and there's mm-hmm. like a whole chain of islands that comes off of Cuba. Um Trinidad is the very last one. So okay. it's the one it's about nine miles off the coast of Venezuela. It's right off the coast of this of South um South America. okay you actually can see it from my parents' front porch when, oh my god their old house <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, so it's really, really close to trinidad it's, it's um and it has its culture is primarily um it's a really a unique culture because it's it's it, the biggest population is south asian oh um, after interesting. after um the british uh-huh. um, abolished slavery i okay. mean there was slave because there was a, there was a sugar industry mm-hmm. there at the time Um, after they abolished slavery they started bringing over people from other cultures um as in indi- as indi- um, indentured servants so okay there were east asians that they brought over people from china and east mm-hmm. asia and then also south asians india pakistan mm-hmm. um and And then there were also even like Middle Eastern, like Syrians, Lebanese that and everybody like started having babies with everybody. So so it's very, very Uh multiracial and also um, like the food and the music you can like the food is there's the very African and very Indian um, influences and the music our music at christmas time is in spanish because of oh, venezuela's right. proximity. yeah so there's a lot of multiracial stuff that happens and multicultural stuff that really makes up what Trini culture is so so i guess i come by my my curiosity yeah. about cultures honestly because um because i'm multiracial you know uh-huh. i'm black I, you know I, I consider myself black but my grandmother was chinese like okay. we're, we're very multiracial okay. just in my own blood blood family right. so um, yeah, so it, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what Trinidad is. It's very cool that we have one of the best carnivals in the world. Um, we're known for the the steel pan. We invented that okay. the steel pan that you hear think yeah. of when you think of the Caribbean that yeah, was yeah, invented yeah. in Trinidad. And, um, I love yeah.
0: it. Well, anytime you post on social media with kind of your <laughs> island identity, I feel like I learned something and, and laugh <laughs> and you've just got, I don't know. I, I, I love that. About yeah,
2: you. I'm, very, I'm a very proud Trini, that Yeah, I love true. it. I love
0: it. <laughs> Um okay so I want to transition to talking a little bit about parenting a teenager. Mm. I am not yet doing that thing. My oldest is almost 11. Uh, um, almost me- there baby. Yep. Yeah, and Megan <laughs> Megan's like been doing it forever. She's got a 21, a 19, a 15 and a 13. Oh, so on our show, a pro. I know. Yes. And the, all the, the all boys and then she's got a girl at the end. Um but wow. so on our show we do touch on Parenting teens. um, I am curious how just as a mom, how you have found the teenage years, if anything has surprised you. And I do think that having being a (laughs) mom of an only is kind of related to this as well, because you don't have a comparison. She doesn't have you know, you're not parenting a tween and a teen together, or it is like you are in the phase, whatever you're in. You're in it. Um, And so I would love to hear just kind of your thoughts, maybe anything that surprised you or what you thought it was going to be like going in. And now she's almost 15. So you're, you know, you're in it.
2: Yeah. Am I, am I, (laughs) see, that's the, that's the thing. That's what's interesting. Right. Is like, I feel like, like it's going great. First of all, it's going great. Like I, she is funny and fun and, and like politically aware. Right. And so, you know, she can, first of all alex is just a funny kid like Mm -hmm. that's sort of one of her superpowers is that she's got this very very dry wit we we call her black daria right (laughs) because she's she's sort of this very very dry person with this incredible wit um and so it's really fun because she's also pretty like she's pretty aware of you know like what's going on in politics what's Mm -hmm. happening in the world and so it's fun having conversations with her or her making her sort of wry humorous Mm -hmm. observations about what's going on which is a lot of fun what um why I, I said am i in it it's sort of like um, so far so great but yeah. you know like everybody else like you're like well i hear it's horrible and right. it's been awesome now and yeah. i sh- should can i relax yet right, <laughs> or,
0: right. is that <laughs> other is shoe other, about to drop
2: exactly right i will say what what has what has surprised me uh, surprise i don't know if i don't know if surprise is the right word what i failed to grasp mm-hmm. and so i'm learning now and i should not be as shocked about it is the problems are so much bigger
0: yeah right
2: because you know like I, it's so funny when nowadays i was just talking to a friend of mine who also has teenagers and i was like you know um when young moms like brand new moms are like oh this is so difficult right. like the sleepless night they want you know, if they wake me up every you know you know yes. multiple times a yeah. night and i'm like oh honey like that's the easy part when they're waking you up crying it's when they're waking up multiple times a night because you just found out like one of their friends was like caught with i don't know vaping vaping dope which i didn't even know that i always thought vaping the other day was like nicotine it wasn't until recently i was like oh you can vape other things like oh crap (laughs) I, (laughs) i didn't realize that right so you know or you find out you know or or you know you're starting to you know right now we're right at the beginning where we're starting to talk about dating and what's that going to look like so that kind of thing is really uh I didn't expect it I I I feel I don't want to say surprise because I feel like that like it shouldn't have been a surprise you know what I mean like it was like I should have known that this was all going to come so so that's been and then the other thing recently um so she's a freshman Mm -hmm. and she got said the other day to me just as she was going to bed she goes you realize next year i'm going to be a junior and i said no babe you know (laughs) you're a freshman and she goes no because this fall i'll be a sophomore which means fall next year i'll be a junior oh yeah and i was like oh my god like (laughs) we're running out of time like Uh, i got you know like all of a sudden it's like oh college right like that's that's right there even though she just started her first year of high school right now i'm like oh that's how fast it's gonna go okay you know um so that's really interesting also just of figuring out what turns her on as far as like subjects like yeah is she an artist is she an engineer is yeah. she a writer and just sort of like watching her figure that out that's that's the best part that is like the best part of of, of parenting a teenager and sort I, of yeah and watching i that
0: i want to ask about that because we actually recently did a couple of episodes on this you know the the quote-unquote helicopter parenting and then the mm. quote-unquote other end of the spectrum which we kind of broke that down and decided we don't like the it's not really a binary thing anyway. But there is this dance of, you know, encouraging your kids talents and, and sort of supporting them and being there as they figure out who they are. And then there's this other part of literally just kind of stepping back and watching it happen. Have you found yourself like, like, has that been a natural balance for you? Or do you lean more, you know, controlling is not the right word, but lean more involved or, or more, um, stepped back just naturally.
2: So I would say that I'm a pretty um I probably I'm sure there's people there are parents that are far more laid back about it than I am. Mm -hmm. Let's let me just say that. But um like for example, I I really don't care what she studies. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do care that she studies something after high school.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right.
2: So um it doesn't necessarily have to be university, Mm -hmm. like if she wants to go to culinary school or something like that. Like, I mean, she doesn't, but if that were something she wanted, but Um, But I am pretty strong that you need something more than a high school diploma Mm -hmm. to move to move in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially you're you're a black woman. Right. Like Mm -hmm. you need to have it. Um, But I'm less concerned, whereas my father strongly moved me toward engineering. Right. Like I have an engineering degree because my father wanted me to have an engineering degree. Let's let's be very clear about that. So um, so it's less about that. What I think is interesting. And this is something that I I feel like my bias is that it's because she was adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, is I have no, I have no genetic ego involved with her. Right. Interesting. Right? So I can't, I can't look at her and when she, I say, "Wow, she's an amazing writer," she gets that from me. Right. Or, right. You know, it's not like, you know, like Yeah. <laughs> I don't. It's not my thing. And so that's been really interesting. And also, I think like like she is a very gifted musician, right? She plays guitar mm-hmm. and she's very good at it. I don't think nobody in our family plays guitar but her, but she's a very gifted um, musician. And I think, well, both her father and I are very into music. And so we could see that in her and cultivate it. What is there something that she also has that she's just gifted at that because of who right. her father and I are, right. we're not seeing it. Right. You, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and had she had different parents would she'd be brilliant at something else right. that we'll never, you know, yeah. so, it's, so I, that part of it has been really interesting to kind of watch and yeah. know, okay, what can I support here? And gosh, is there anything I'm missing about, about her gift? Yeah. that, that something that, somebody, that another parent might've, might've. Seen? Yeah. And
0: that, I mean, I think that at, in the end, not to get into the helicoptering thing too much, yeah. but most of it comes from a place of not wanting our kids to miss out on an opportunity. And I think yeah. for a lot of people, it comes from a, a a good place or a place of wanting to make sure that we, like you said, like that we untap every potential source of greatness. But of course, then what that turns into is a lot of pressure for kids and, and all that. So that's, that's a whole other conversation, but that was fascinating to hear how that's working for you guys. (laughs)
1: The steel's is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults.
0: Okay, we are back. I'm here with Karen Walren and we are going to really switch gears from mothering okay. a teenager. Yeah. Um, Karen, you guys, I have not really teased this much to our listeners, but you guys went through a pretty unthinkable thing with Hurricane Harvey <laughs> back in 2017? 2017? 2017.
2: 2017. Yeah. So why don't you just... August 28th, 20, 2017. Yes, <laughs> to be exact.
0: So <laughs> exactly. um, why don't you just, you know, tell us what happened?
2: Yeah. So um, Hurricane, so we live in Houston, mm-hmm. um, Texas, and, uh, and Hurricane Harvey, as, if you watch the news at all, you know that it was pretty devastating in our part of the world. What was really interesting and something that whenever I've given the opportunity um, to, to talk about Harvey is I like to remind people that Harvey didn't hit Houston, right? Because right. a lot of people are like, why didn't you guys leave? What the hell? Like, you know, wh- why wouldn't you have left? So Harvey actually hit 200 miles south of Houston. It hit mm-hmm. Corpus Christi. And you know, those of us who live on the coast, we're pretty hardy folk, and mm-hmm. we know we, you know, we, um, and we're also you know the, we've had hurricanes, right? So we kind of are pretty good, or yep. at least so though we thought, about measuring when you know it's we got to go or not. We, right. Hurricane Ike, who was uh, who land made landfall, I think about ten years earlier. Okay, um, that one we left town. It was like okay, that's and I think it was a much smaller. Like uh-huh. I think it was like a. a I think it was three or four. I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but I can't remember what category it was, but it was coming to Houston. And we're like, we're not sticking around. We're out of here. Like, Mm -hmm. let's go. The other thing is Houston generally floods, right? Houston is sort of built for flooding. We flood all the time. We have a hard, you know, we have a, a, you know, a a bad enough thunderstorm, the streets flood. Right. But um, the drainage is generally amazing. And uh, you know, the streets might flood, but unless you really live in a flood zone, you know, you kind of, you know, if there's a storm coming, you get some food for a couple of days because the streets might be impassable, but your house is generally okay. Harvey was unprecedented. We had like literally a year's worth of rainfall in a day. Like it was insane. And so we didn't leave. We knew it was going to be making landfall, uh, south of us Mm -hmm. we knew there was going to be a flooding event but our neighborhood had never in its 50-year history and in 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 Houston 50-year neighborhood is an old neighborhood right so um and its 50-year history had never flooded before so we went out and got foods and stuff like that and also we weren't worried about wind or right you weren't going to be in the actual because we're not in the eye right right. so we weren't in the eye um so the hurricane made landfall in in corpus christi port aransas sort of south of us and then it turned and it started coming back toward the coast again and sort of going north and back toward the coast and that's when all hell broke loose so uh we uh got we woke up uh the morning i think it was the 28th um and uh two tornado um warnings on our phones our phones had all gone off saying you know and so we were gonna take shelter weren't really worried about it um but you know because it wasn't that like it wasn't storming outside. So we heard it kind of, you know, listened and there weren't thunderstorms. So we're like, all right, we'll just go take shelter, whatever. But until it's all clear. So we went in our, our hallway, but my husband, who is English and is not used to storms and thinks all of it is incredibly <laughs> fascinating, like went to the front door to see if he could see the tornado um, and instead saw water six inches from our front door, um, oh, gosh. our house that had never flooded. And so he was like, Karen, we got to, you know, let's go. We got to move. Um, and then our neighbors across the street were already getting water in their house. And, um, so we started lifting things. It was the Sunday before school was supposed to start. And okay. so I, uh, I told my daughter, I'm like, I th- we may have to evacuate, go pack your bag, just put everything we bought all your back to school clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like in, you know, in this thing, cause I was like, that's easy. Get some underwear back to school clothes and, and we'll get going right. thinking, okay, we'll evacuate, and, yeah. you know, maybe have to stay with my parents. For a day or two, and right. then be back in the house. um it, well, Long story short, obviously the the flood came in, and then because the reservoirs north of us uh, were the dams were in danger of breaking, mm-hmm. and had they broken, there would have been like catastrophic deaths. Mm-hmm. The uh, Corps of Engineers decided to start releasing the water, doing oh a slow release, gosh. and we live on the route where that yeah. would have been released, and so we ended up with two feet of water, um, and it stayed because two weeks
0: oh my so gosh. we
2: were out of our house for two weeks um by the time we got back in the house we pretty much lost everything because um,
0: of the 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 standing water so then foundation right. and uh, i mean uh, the, the foundation yeah. was
2: done everything had, like our dining dining room was sinking
0: um all of our
2: clothes because we had a one-story house yeah and so all of our bedrooms like any clothes that anything were hanging, touching
0: the f- I mean anything yeah
2: so that was that was pretty gross we saved art that yeah was one thing I, I that remember we <laughs> you posting about that so
0: anything hung on the wall was relatively safe what about things on like a safe. bookshelf like what about on a higher high shelf? books high, high books, books. For oh, a stage. yeah if so, and it was like, like what the was titanic it? I'm not I don't mean to laugh but it's like <laughs> what, what? no it was really it was the, funny and the other
2: thing that was really weird was our air conditioner we never lost power and so my husband wisely had turned the air down in our house to 55 degrees because we were afraid of mold. Right. Right. That's the big thing that you're worried about. Right. So for like days, he would come back to check on the house and wait in. And like, as soon as he opened the front door, like the temperature around his feet, you know, his legs, as he waited, it would like drop 20 degrees from outside because, but we, because of that, like we had like all of the art, you know, which is on canvas and fabric, like no mold grew. And, um, but, you know, also our clothes, we were a little concerned about, so we just didn't risk it. All yeah. of our shoes were gone. So you basically bed. lost
0: everything but some art. I mean, I mean, the house was, yes. The, yes. you Last. lost your home and everything yeah. in it, save a few art pieces.
2: Uh, art pieces and uh, like two tables, uh, you know, mattresses. Mattresses, by the way, are just giant sponges. That was yeah. disgusting, right? So, But all appliances, everything else yeah. was gone, 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 gone.
0: And at what point did you, I mean, I have followed along with this as you've gone through it, but at what point did you know right away we're going to rebuild? We're going to do this again right here. This is our, this is our lot. Um, or was there a thought of like, we're moving to Portland or like, I mean, like, (laughs) was was it always like, no, this is where we live. We're going to rebuild.
2: Well, we weren't, there was never a thought that we'd leave Houston for sure. Right. I mean, my husband's job is here. Like, like that wasn't ever you know it's not like we lost our job with the, the right. hurricane so like we we knew we were staying um the question was whether we were going to just try to sell the lot which we actually had bought we bought our our lot below current market value okay right so we knew that even if we sold the lot we were going to be okay right mm-hmm. like we weren't mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able we wouldn't sell it at a loss. or and move like farther out of town mm-hmm. um because we couldn't afford to or so we thought build in our neighborhood mm-hmm. or bite the bullet and figure out how to rebuild on our lot because our our, our it's in a really desirable neighborhood mm-hmm. right and also um we we knew that if we could build if we could afford to build we would it would end up being financially um a financially good thing because mm-hmm. i'm i'm so conservative with money as right. it is anyway um that uh, a lot of people were buying, a lot of people were buying houses in our neighborhood and right. raising the old houses and putting right. them new ones so right. it's like do we allow us to to join that bandwagon right um and by the way we had no flood insurance so
0: would it have what- covered it i know sometimes in floods uh, my parents live in montecito where there was the big mudslides last year and i know Flood insurance is so tricky because even when you have it, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, it's not covered.
2: Uh, for, flood insurance would have covered it. Okay, yes, it would. for sure. Yeah, our our homeowners insurance didn't. Like you had to get right. flood insurance right. separate. So our homeowners insurance wouldn't and didn't. Um, but the flood insurance, yeah, we would. It would have been. It would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to have to have been able to do that. Um. But yeah, so we knew that whatever we did, we were gonna have to take out another mortgage. You know, like we were gonna have to go into deep debt. Um. To do it. But, um, we decided like, well, you know what, we priced it all out and we thought, yeah, I think we can handle this. So, um, it may mean that we can't take the fabulous, you know, travel that we've right. been doing <laughs> like before. This will be but... the
0: adventure this year. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. And all, and maybe going forward, right. Cause our yeah. mortgage payment was yeah. going to go up. Um, and also it meant, you know, like, like, you know, it just affected everything. If yeah. like how are we planning for college, yeah. you know, for yeah. Alex and stuff like that. So it affected everything. But in the end we thought, you know, in the long run, it was smarter to do it especially in a neighborhood that really didn't flood and as far as everybody was concerned this was a freak thing that happened right now right. we can get into climate change and right. decide whether right. or not this really is a freak <laughs> thing but but it was just so unexpected uh, yeah. you know unprecedented so, yeah um yeah so we stayed i mean i i was pretty adamant that i said you know my my husband i think would have been if i if i had said yeah let's do it we would have sold right but i was like no i think we really need to explore whether or not we can stay and it, and it worked out being a the right decision
0: and so spoiler alert you are currently recording as we speak in a brand new home on the brand lot new home. where yeah, you we... lost your home and that's been it's been a year and a half right yep. just about exactly it,
2: it it has been we've got in uh, about two three months ago almost three months ago the house we ha- so we had 23 inches of water in our house. Our house is built 24 inches <laughs> higher than the original one, and we have a second story now, yeah, like, got- <laughs> so we can move things up if yeah, we need to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but
0: yes, we are we are in the house. Thank God. Yes. Well, I mean, obviously, it's a powerful story. I think where I where I want to go from here is you. You know, you're a creative person. You mm-hmm. um, love art and travel, and you got this opportunity shall we say Mm -hmm. to start to create a home from scratch when you didn't think that was the plan I mean you were right um, I'm curious as you think about kind of your home the place where the three of you live the physical environment were there things that you other than like let's put an upstairs and let's raise this baby up 24 inches but besides that were there um, more kind of emotional or other elements that you wanted to bring in, given this opportunity, you didn't think you were going to be redecorating or redesigning a home at this stage in your life. I'm curious if, if what that process was like.
2: Yeah. So the first thing that was, um, that was really important to us is, you know, at this point, I mean, I'm in my early fifties, right? So, um, we know that we're going to have to sell this house, mm-hmm. right? Like we're I'm not, I do not plan on paying a mortgage till I'm 80 years old. Right. right? So at some point we're going to have to sell it, which meant that there were certain decisions about the house that we were like, what will sell five, yeah. 10 years from now? Um, as opposed to, Oh, let's build our dream house. Sure. Right. Like that's hundred yeah. percent us. Um, so that was one thing that we had to think about. Like, you know, we don't, you know, we w- we want it to be the right size for us, but also we want it to be the right size for the neighborhood, sure. right? As people sure. do, and so we're like, how do you balance that? Yeah. Or um, should I go with the cool tile that's really you know funky and awesome that will look completely dated in five years, or right. do we go with you know right the subway tile that's you right. know that's right. pretty classic or whatever? So that there was that, but um, as far as the interior of the house, I mean, it was really you know quite a gift because like we're starting from scratch, right? Yeah. Like it's not like this furniture we inherited from so-and-so or, right. you know, from our family member or whatever. And so I was very intentional about how do I want people to feel when they come into our house.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, and uh, again, you know, it was literally back to sort of the family value stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I want people to feel like whenever they enter our home, that no matter what their background is, whatever matter what their story is, they're home.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They, 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 they have a home here um and so what has resulted is a house that looks a little insane right like we have you know we have you know, we bought things on etsy from different parts of the world i you know i i've shared recently that uh i recently did my 23 and me and okay
0: yes i remember um, you saying this
2: and being like you know i mean i'm black but you know being descended of the enslaved what does that mean like mm-hmm. africa is a big continent yeah but recently we, we found out, you know, like, oh, I'm mostly Nigerian and Senegalese and Congolese. And what does that look like? And what does the art from these places look like? Yeah. You know, and, and how do we do that? My daughter, who was adopted, I mean, we what we know now, I actually we're, I'm, we're awaiting her results. I was going
0: to see if you did that. Yeah, we
2: just did it. But what we did know was like her birth mother is Mexican-American and her birth father was Afro-Colombian. And okay. so, well, how do we get Colombian? You know, it, yeah my parents who travel a lot, my mother, they downsized during this time. And my mother had this Colombian art. And I was like, that's coming with me.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's part of our story now. Exactly. That's yeah.
2: So like, so how do we, you know, bring that in? And, um, you know, and my husband is English and Irish and what does that look like? And if we put, put that into our, um, and home. And so we definitely were like, if you come in our house, one of the rooms, Marcus and I laugh because you can look at the art and the furnishings and I think count 14 different countries that are well I have seen some pictures I have not been
0: in your house although I will stop by if I'm in the neighborhood (laughs) please do um, but I have seen pictures and I love I mean I that's actually a look that I love is this um a a collected look a collected and a curated look it's not like it doesn't look like you just had like international like explosion um it's it's thoughtful <laughs> well, that's kind yes. right?
2: I think it looks a little insane but <laughs> but I love it and it looks like us right yeah. I mean it, it looks like the multinational multiracial family that we are yeah. and so um so I love it and I, I you know and some of it like it's all the you know the art and the things that were on high shelves like because we had stuff like that but then also like the rugs like etsy is fantastic right mm-hmm, like half of mm-hmm. our, our house i would say is an ode to ikea and etsy and so, I love it. And so you know you could get stuff that are really cool like oh let's let's figure out how that's gonna look so that and that's really been a gift because i don't know when we'll ever have that i hope we never have that opportunity again right where we have a blank slate right and um and and i'm not i'm i mean i love a a a decorated house like I love I have friends who have hired decorators and their homes look really beautiful but um but for me it feels a little uh cool like it's Mm -hmm. like going to a really beautiful um like hotel. Yes, like it's lovely, yes, it's- but there's no sort of connection necessarily right, there. Right. Um and definitely with our house, you you're gonna ask questions. There's story, a story in. under
0: every coaster. Yeah. How much. did Alex um I mean, obviously there there was trauma for all of you. As mm. uh, um with the home rebuild, was she excited about you know, her room and the new decor, or is this kind of like, is she in a phase where home is home, home is where mom and dad are. I'm curious how the, how the physical, the new physical space um, has, how she's related to that.
2: So she's, she's great. She's loved it. So uh, one of the things that we did with this house is we, because she's just started high school, Mm -hmm. like we're like, okay, well, let's make it a high school room for her i love that and so even though she has the smallest room now again this is the whole only room only only child thing right, right? so we have we could do this but um she has the smallest room but we we put an ensuite bath shop oh, bath nice. with her so and and we real and there's also a like a little office area so oh, it's actually really cool. kind of a little suite yeah for her. I love um that. the office area is actually open to the rest of the house sort okay. of, but I, we hung like beaded curtain uh-huh. <laughs> so that it made it more private for her Um, and then what was really funny was she, uh, she loves like home decor, like the HGTV stuff, like like that kind of stuff. I mean, we don't really watch television here, but like on YouTube, she loves those kind of things. And so she was like, I want it to be like a home makeover. Uh So she gave me her a Pinterest board and she was like, this is kind of what I want. I want to be surprised, which is insane. Right. I was like, thank God, because now I don't have to fight with her. Like, so I had an inspiration board for her. For her room and uh-huh. then i got to put it together and so it was sort of unveiled right like with her like she i didn't tell her what kind of bed i was gonna get and right um like i put twinkle lights everywhere and you know and i didn't tell her any of that um until we started putting together her room and i was like oh you know i got these lights and we can put these up and um i got some framed art for her and um for her house, so that you know that were musicians yeah. and you know things like that. So she's loving it. Like it that feels is... like a high school thing for her. So she's, and that's she's a, just a
0: really cool thing for your relationship too. I mean, she yeah. had the independence to know what she wanted, but yep. you as a mom got to be in that nurturing space where you helped make it happen. I mean, I think it's yeah. it's kind of a beautiful teenage story right like they, well, they need <laughs> us they need us to furnish their rooms but they have their own it is their own space
2: well i will say that sounds very sweet and it makes it sound very more madonna and child than it was i was just happy that i was not gonna have to like i could watch the money right like right. if it had if it been her, true. Like, and
1: like her like
2: her pinterest board included a picture of a, a bedroom that had sort of a loft bed and under the bed was a jacuzzi.
0: Really? <laughs> so, really? I'm like, okay, first of yeah, all, you're on the
2: second floor. And secondly, no, like of course you're not getting a jacuzzi. What is wrong with you? <laughs> right. So so it was nice to be able to just kind of do like sort of my own thing. And and there were things like I think she would have loved to have had that I was like, yeah, that budget was never gonna happen. Right. But um, but still, like I was able to have some freedom with it. So it worked, it worked out great. And she loves it. And her and her colors were were like gray and pale pink Uh which are a very nice calm like it's there's nothing offensive about that color so it was easy for us it doesn't look like any of the rest of the house because the house as i you know it looks like a global bizarre explosion right but um, hers is the calm oasis in the room but it it worked it worked out really well
0: that's really cool i love it (laughs) Um, well, before we wrap, I want to talk about your podcast, make light and also how that relates to the work that you do now as a coach, but let's, um, in case listeners aren't familiar with make light, let's start with the podcast. Tell everybody, um, what it is now and maybe how it's evolved a little bit. And then we'll also talk about, you know, the work that you do outside the podcast.
2: Yeah. So the podcast originally was sort of like just, well, first of all, make light is sort of my, like. Like a mantra that I yes, have, and Explain it's a really that sort phrase. Of, yeah, yeah, it's sort of about um, about how we we move in the world and how um, you know that how we can not not only like try to create good around us and to re- get, create good for the world, but also how when we're faced with difficulty or faced with adversity, um, we can figure out how to make light out of it. Mm-hmm. How do we meet it in a place where we're like, okay, this is hard but how can we turn it into something that is um that is of value to us and that um you know and I don't want to say spun the spun is the word that keeps coming to mind I don't want to say spun but I want to be able to you know like for example for Harvey for us I was like how do we make Harvey end up being in hindsight one of the most amazing things that ever happened to us? and it really was like there's I have so much gratitude around the help people gave us Mm -hmm. I have um uh, I I love our city in a way that I never loved it before because I watched how resilient it was yeah. and how we sort of reached out to each other. And so uh, I, there's a way to do that. Mm-hmm. And so the originally this the the um the podcast started with let's start talking about people who are doing that yeah and interviewing people who are doing that and figuring out what sort of lessons can come out of that. Mm-hmm. And so the first few seasons were were that. Um, since then it's sort of morphed more into how do you do it as part of your work Mm -hmm. and, and sort of the listener can define what work means. Like it could mean like a, you know, a corporate career. It could be, um, how you do it as an activist or a philanthropist in your world, or it could be how you do it in your, just your family and your community. Like how do you create a better world using the sphere of influence that you have? Mm -hmm. Um, as a coach, I do that. I, I help people do that in their business, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, that's what I do. So there is a, a lot of business that's involved with that, but it doesn't have to be that it can be anything else. And so, uh, I still have guests occasionally come on. A lot of it is, is mostly me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I take listener questions. So people will write in like one that actually, uh, will be going up, um, in a few days from now, uh, has to do with imposter syndrome and how do you Ooh, deal with that. imposter yeah. syndrome. And, um, and what are some tips and tricks in order to be able to, you know, to overcome that? But, you know, I've had everything from uh, people who are talking about how do you express your values and what you stand for and how you want to move in the world through mm-hmm. the way you dress yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it can be anything. It can be um, how do you how do you raise um, kids to be more, you know, more activist and how mm-hmm. do you have difficult conversations with coworkers if Mm -hmm. they don't share your values or how do you bring your own values to your work? So it's all sort of related to how do you make light? How do you Mm -hmm. create light using your own sphere of um, influence?
0: I love that. And the coaching that you're doing, if I understand it correctly, a lot of your clients are people who've had success or, you know, gotten to a place of leadership or Mm -hmm. success in their careers and are not struggling, but looking for that meaning or that purpose. Um, is that kind of how you defined it? Is it?
2: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I would say, uh, yes, I, I'd say that's definitely true for some. For some people, they are people who are entrepreneurs and have started businesses to mm-hmm. um, already make that, you know, or they're, they're brand new at starting a business mm-hmm. and they're figuring out, you know, how do I do that? And sort of needing a sounding board as they navigate that. Um, what's really interesting is all of my, uh, my clients, are very focused on making the world a better place. And that's, um, like, that has been by accident, but I love that that's oh, what it that. is. Well, and they're so, drawn
0: to you. I mean, there's something in there, right? Like, there's a reason why those people have landed with you. I hope so. Yeah. I hope
2: so. And so, we, you know, I have, you know, somebody who owns a gym. I have a priest. I have a surgeon. I have lawyers, right? So it's really interesting. Like, the backgrounds are very diverse. Yeah. Um, but they all are, you know, very... Focused on how do I use the skills and 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 the talents and the experience and the education that I have to kind of make make the world better and that's I mean that's a, that's a dream job for me right yeah so that's great
0: that's yeah. amazing and you do yeah. have a background as an engineer and an attorney so I would yeah. imagine that you've got that very process oriented or the ability to see process oriented, goal setting and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. but then you have, you know, this other part of your career that's been in photography and speaking and writing. Um, Mm -hmm. so what a cool way to bring it all together. Oh, it's a joy. It really is. Awesome. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, in the show notes for this episode at themomhour.com, we will link to everything. I'd love to Mm -hmm. show a, a picture of your current home, Sure. Uh, and maybe any any other places where you've talked about Harvey or any of this. So basically, we'll we'll link it all up. We will. That was link, great. We will yeah. link up everything. The podcast is called Make Light. Season four is happening now. Yep. Um, I ha- I was getting caught up on the first few episodes of season four and I'm loving it. So Thanks. thank you so much for being here and it's everybody an listening. Honor. Go find Karen. Um, tell tell us the best place to find you online, just the simplest.
2: I mean, the simplest is Uh okay. My site is called Chickalunks, which is an impossible thing to remember how to do it but um if you just put my name karenwoman.com you'll get there and i just want to say before we sign off that obviously you and megan have been such an inspiration for me in podcasting and um how to put good out there Um, so uh thank you guys for all the amazing help that you've given me along the way we're so
0: glad to have just been a tiny piece of you know getting your (laughs) getting your voice out there and i'm excited now to bring it to our listeners so Uh, thanks to karen and thanks to everybody for listening Keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code TheMomHour. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E R I K A dot A P P, and use code TheMomHour to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks